Hey guys, it is Sasha Renee Stackhouse here with another episode of Sour Apple Acid. Uh, today's episode features a guest, uh, which I've only done a couple times before, and this guest uh, is a longtime friend of mine since high school, best friend actually, and she uh, is a heart and soul Justin Timberlake fan, um, so it only made sense to have her guest on the episode with me today, just to have that true fan perspective in the conversation. It's not just me rambling on by myself. Uh, this uh, episode was recorded for, the, it's the first one recorded in my new house, so the audio is going to sound a little different. Uh, we were also drinking, uh, having a good old time, so I tried my hardest to adjust the audio so that you didn't hear too much of our glasses clinging and drinks pouring, but you might still get a little bit of that uh, in the background. So it was uh, completely unfiltered and natural, recorded out in the open, no microphones. I think it, I think it sounds pretty nice in here uh, all on its own to record. It's got a nice little natural reverb echo going on. But um, as always, I appreciate your uh, continued listening and your support. Of course, I always welcome any kind of feedback. You can always hit me up with feedback at souraffleacid at gmail.com. Um, you can also hit me back with any suggestions for any upcoming podcast discussions and topics. Or if you feel like you would like to be a guest... Um, and can really go toe to toe with me on a subject. I would love to hear it. And I, I welcome those things. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, this one, you're going to have to bear with us here because this was a very long in-depth conversation. So this episode is going to be tapping out a little longer than I usually do. I tend to stick around an hour and a half. And this one's going to be a little bit closer to a couple hours, uh, just with uh, some breaks peppered in between. So, yeah, here we go, and hope you enjoy. Thanks. I guess we might as well just go on ahead and get into it. So this is um, the Sour Apple Acid podcast. I am Sasha Renee Stackhouse here today. You guys know me. And today I have a special guest. It's not just me rambling on about nonsense. Um, there's actually somebody here, which is strange. It's not just me talking to a wall. Um, so my guest today is Cassandra Rush. Or should we call you Cass? Like, we're going to go with Cass. I she think. wants to be Cass. Cass she's she's Cass. Let me, st let me not say like she wants to be Cass. Cass. <laughs> she just fucking said that that's what her name is. So <laughs> she is Cass. That's what she is. And um, she is the number one biggest Justin Timberlake fan I have ever ever known in my life and so it only made sense to have her be a part of today's podcast because I think it was important to go through um, Justin Timberlake's discography and our thoughts and opinions and feelings about him. 
Um, so tell us about yourself, Cass. How old were you when you realized like Justin Timberlake is it? <laughs> is it for you? Like it's, the one? It's so funny because I was, oh my God. I was sitting on the bed with my sister when we were like kids and we saw Disney Channel play tearing up my heart for the first time. And that was the first time that I had ever laid eyes on Justin Timberlake. That was when he had the like really short curl like the short curly the popcorn super hair. short like raw almost ramen noodle but not the quite ramen, ramen noodle, noodle hair. <laughs> the ramen but noodle like, hair. and then he's in that was the video where they had like the they were on the beds for some reason but also doing a photo shoot but like that's the one with the tight shirt yeah but like all wearing the white beaters yeah and the white tees i think yeah. jc was in a white tee the button down um very random video, but he would, for Justin's verse, he's like on the bed, like singing. And I'm like, oh, is this what love is? <laughs> so that, that's hilarious because I, my sync love story actually started with me being in love with the Backstreet Boys first. Because mm. technically they were a whole year ahead I of I think NSYNC. we all liked Backstreet Boys first. And I, I never, even when I became, when I got to the point where I love sync, I still didn't hate Backstreet Boys the way they were oh, trying to no, make it seem. I was like... Like it needed to be some kind of ugly rival. I, I still really appreciated them. Like I still had their album. I bought I bought both of those groups CDs. I'm still a little anti-BSB. I'm not going to lie. Really? Yeah, I'm still I, a little anti-BSB. I love them. I think that they were a solid effort. No, I like BSB. I know BSB songs. Like I like BSB, but I don't like how they talk about NSYNC fans. Wait, they talk about NSYNC fans? Wait, no, I just on. mean like BSB fans versus NSYNC fans. Like, But is that the fans or is that the guys? Because the guys don't give a shit. They have all said over the years like they didn't even fucking care that much. Yeah. The way the fans did. Yeah. Nick, Nick Carter cared. Well, Nick Carter cared. You can't Nick, fucking tell me Nick that Carter Nick Carter had a whole lot care. more going on than we realized. Nick Carter cared. Maybe not the older ones because they were like already like, what, 40? But... No, be nice. <laughs> because remember when, what was that team people that would have like their top 25 under 25? Yes. They and, were all in And it. all five of them kept they making it until yeah, that you're one right, year. You're right, you're right. And then Chris didn't qualify anymore. What? But then also with Backstreet Boys, <laughs> Kevin Richardson didn't qualify anymore because yeah. he's the oldest. He was the older one. But um, um, yeah, my love started with Backstreet Boys and I was really in love with H.A. Don't judge me. Please don't judge me. That's okay. Um, We've all liked the so, men in our life. But then the same thing happened to me where uh, I was home from school on like a summer break or some shit and... Mm-hmm. I used to sit and I used to love to watch music videos because I love music. We That's the whole purpose of this whole thing. And so the Backstreet, I'm sorry, NSYNC's tearing up my heart came on and that was the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I still remember how I was sitting, what the room looked like. Yes. How I felt. Every moment. And I was like, who is this? What is this song? <laughs> 
who are these guys? I don't even really know how to read this name. I'm pretty sure it was like all of our eight-year-old like sexual awakening or something. Like watching the Tearing Up My Heart video. Well, I mean, my sexual awakening actually started with Usher before that. So, I I don't know. I, I knew I liked boys very early. Um, so. That's fair. <laughs> so, there's that going on. And so, okay, so that's how old you were when you realized. But, like, is that when you knew for sure, like, Justin? Like, who is this guy? Like, who is this guy specifically? Yeah, I... <laughs> I think that was it. I think, uh, and then the Disney concert. No, 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 I'm lying. Okay. I think the thing that solidified JT for me, like just sent me over the edge and like was that moment in Bye Bye Bye. Okay. When he lands and the music stops. And he smiles at the he camera. He smiles at the camera. Okay. And I okay. was like, okay, JT forever. Okay. So <laughs> just a little of my own backstory on that. I, and I used to be embarrassed about it, but now that I'm fucking grown up, like, I don't even care. Like, I'm so glad. <laughs> well, I'm so glad because when we go back and we look at like all the old stuff, he definitely had some of the most personality in the whole group but i actually originally started off as a joey fan when joey was younger i thought he was super cute joey has always been cute nice and chunky we laugh about that fat boy up there we do we do busting them goddamn moves (laughs) we're like (laughs) we're like look how hard he is trying to dance but he's nailing it he was like i'm earning my goddamn paycheck okay and he's still chilling off that paycheck so So, yeah i started really being in love with joey and then my elementary school best friend at the time she was crazy about lance and we made jokes way back then about how gay lance was and then um it it turned out to be uh accurate um so we kind of had to take back all the cruel things that we said but i felt like me being like a little gay my whole life <laughs> i felt like intrinsically i just always knew that lance was gay okay and i just like <laughs> never thought of him like sexually or like cute like obviously he's a very attractive man yeah he's but, very like i pretty. just never thought of him as like <laughs> Like sexually, like the way I did the rest of the members. <laughs> we always like we always thought he was so lame too, but it turns oh. out he was he was pretty cool. But I mean, I guess a lot of his lameness comes from the fact that it. Now that I'm older, I feel like it's very obvious looking back at the old stuff that he was figuring out himself. Yes, in yeah. the middle of being like a huge, in the middle of being a huge star, star. Yeah. yeah, and just going around the world, and you know, people like. Especially Which girls. I can't imagine how many of the executives were telling him, like, you can't tell people yeah. that you're gay. Like, you're part of the biggest boy band in the world. Well, I, I don't think it was anything like that because I don't even think he knew. Because, I mean, remember he used to date Topanga. Yeah. From Boy Meets World. So yeah. it was, like, really strange. I think- but I think sometime around that, well, no, because I think I saw NSYNC was on Ellen with, like, Justin, remember? And he said, like, 
I never brought back a girl to the tour bus. He definitely did say that. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, dude. So, like, was the cover so much, like, the record label being involved? Or was the cover so much of Like, him, him being, like, not wanting to but, come out of the closet. Which is perfectly fair. So, as I've discussed before, I am the world's biggest JC fan. Mm-hmm. And it, I ended up changing from Joey to JC when they did their uh, Disney Channel concert. And, <laughs> you know, the first album... JC really took the lead on a lot of those yeah. songs because it's it's really no argument that, you know, even though this is about Justin Timberlake today, uh, that <laughs> JC was the better singer of the five. Okay, no one can dispute that JC was the best singer. He Nobody's was. trying to take he that away awesome. from JC. That's why his solo career was such a fucking disappointment because he really should have taken off much better and had just had much better songs than he did. JC, if you ever hear this, please know. That we want to hear you sing again. JC, if you ever hear this, if you are, you know, still around and with us on this earth, when I turn 35, I would really love for you to just sing me happy birthday. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm saying 35 because I'm 30 now and I'm trying to give it, you know, some years for this to catch on and him to hear it. Um <laughs> And so, you know, but if it happens before that, I'll still be super happy about that. But anyway, uh, if at any point you listen to this ever, <laughs> ever, please. she would like you to sing happy birthday. That's it. That's all. And just one big old warm hug and that's it. And I promise, you know, I, I'll die happy and I'll leave you alone. I'm, I'm not, you know, lunatic. Um, so back to Justin, we get to the sync years and, you know, he ends up kind of overtaking JC in popularity because, you know, he's the cute boy. And, and he's he was the, one. the youngest. And, oh, he, yeah, that's right. He was the youngest, yes. too. So all the girls went nuts. And then by the time we get to No Strings Attached, the second album, Justin was like the undisputable star yes. of the group. Yes. So it's only natural that after that... He embarks on a solo career, and that is what we're going to be getting into today. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like it makes the most (laughs) sense to go in chronological order because Cass and I have actually had this conversation a million times over, but (laughs) um, as time goes on, you know, you reflect on things and you you rewatch old things as you mm-hmm. get older and you kind of form different opinions. So that's why I wanted to try to keep this as fresh it ha- as possible. It's been a year since his last album came out, so we can discuss it open and honestly. We can. We can we can discuss <laughs> it open and honestly. Um, give our unfiltered opinions. I don't feel about compelled it. to defend it and the seven hundred dollar VIP ticket I bought. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get into that too. <laughs> Because <laughs> a bitch was there by herself. By that's, my that's motherfucking the, That's self. the commitment that we're talking about here. So that's why she is here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's start. Let's just jump right into it. Let's start with Justified. Justified, Justified. came out in what year? 2002. And it was produced by who? It was produced by Timbaland and the Neptunes. And the Neptunes. Yes, yes, yes. So the first single off of that track. Oh, there were a couple that were like sporadic producers as well. But generally but speaking, gener- we regard all that together, as Altogether, we Neptune. regard that as the Neptune Timbaland album. Yes. Right. Okay. 
So the first single that dropped off of that was Like I Love You. And I don't know if you remember at the time. I don't even know why I asked. I don't know if you remember <laughs> at the time, but of course you remember. At the time, you know, he was catching, for people who were on board, they were like on board. But he was also catching some shit uh-huh. about that because everybody was trying to say that he was trying to liken himself to like a white Michael Jackson. To MJ, yes. And I personally, even at that young age, felt that that was an unfair thing to say. I thought it was kind of a reach, yes. And I think that it was unfair in the sense that I never thought that it was a bad thing to want to emulate your idols. Because it's no secret that Michael Jackson is a lifelong idol of Justin Timberlake. Right, he has made no... Justin's whole entire journey, even into the solo career, makes complete goddamn sense because he is the same path as Michael. And it has worked because it's the path that works. So with Like I Love You and that dropped out, um, dropped out, that dropped, um, they, you know, they, people were... On the fence, like it was, it was like a fifty. But we also thing. have to, we have to, we also have to take into account how he dropped that song. Explain. Which was the first time that we had ever heard "Like I Love You" was at the MTV VMAs. That's that was right. the first time we had ever heard it. The first time he had ever performed it. Um, that was the big, like, Justin is now a solo star. He's going to perform his first song at the VMAs. That, right, that is correct. And that, honestly, it was like a very genius piece of marketing. Like, that makes sense. Oh, because yeah. there was, that was still during a time where the VMAs was... NSYNC had just performed with Michael Jackson the year before. True. That, too. And that, at the time, you know, the VMAs, as far as a young audience is concerned, was still, like, the hottest fucking place you could be. Um... That wasn't the Grammys. Because, yes. I mean, I think young people still to this day kind of get in with the Grammys, but they don't really have to so much They're anymore because of the internet. It. We didn't really have the internet. Like When we think of like Grammys, we, we think of now. like, oh, that person has a Grammy. Like, it's not because we watched yeah. them win that Grammy. Yeah. But so everybody, I think a lot of people our age do remember when people win their VMAs or have been on the show. Yes. Or what, like, wild, crazy thing yeah. they did Brittany at the same. show. Like, you know, you remember, like, Lil' Kim showing up with the fucking, like, <laughs> what was that? Like, <laughs> the pink, like, the nipple out, the thing? purple, like, nipple pasty. Yeah, and, it was like, like a that weird strawberry blonde reddish hair thing she had. No, it was on. the purple wig with the purple, like, sequined one piece. But her titty was just hanging but out. But the titty was out. Okay, so I'm thinking, I'm actually confusing her with a different year. That she well, went. she's worn some. She's outfits. worn some things, but the VMAs is where you could be a music artist and really wear some shit. Yeah, because you couldn't pull that at the Grammys. They'll never no, invite you back. No, Rose McGowan <laughs> in that outfit. That's the right. And the That's yeah, right. that was the That's VMAs. Right. That was the VMAs. Speaking of which, side note: Do you, did you see um, J Lo at uh, Donatella's show? I did. Wearing the old dress. I did. And I was like, how fucking jealous am I that we're like, what, 20 years later? 
And she still got that. And she can still mattress. fucking wear that. So dress. annoying. <laughs> My so God. annoying. <laughs> but fine. anyway, that's a little tangent on the side. Um, but yeah, so we we talk about that dropping, and then the album comes out, the and it turns out. out to be one of the most successful albums that year. He was on the top of the charts yes. right away. Yes. And we also realized it was a fucking good album. It what you know, it always Justified is one of those albums that still continues to surprise me because there are a lot of artists who put Justified in their top ten. Like Tyler the Creator yeah. will tell you Justified is one of his favorite albums of all time. Like he'll he tells you every time he gets a chance. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking loves Justified. I can't remember who the other who the other artist recently said that Justin was in, like Justified was in one of their top albums, but it was a really like shocking person. It was like a rapper. Mm, okay, okay. But uh, a lot of people are like Justified is I mean Justified was so good for so many reasons and like obviously we'll get into this later but the how good justified was is what made man of the woods so disappointing yeah we're gonna have to we're really gonna have to talk about man of the woods because um justin if you ever hear this and you ever want to uh issue a rebuttal and make me seem much more important than i really am um, <laughs> I would love to hear from you about it. Um, but anyway, uh, so Justified comes out. What is your hands down favorite song of the album? Oh my God. This is so hard because every couple of years. Also, let me just put in the disclaimer here that Cass is a person that I like to really talk to about music because... Where we talk about like personal favorites, we can always come to an understanding that sometimes personal favorites aren't always the best. Yeah. And that sometimes the best songs aren't personal favorites. Yes. But that we can have like, you know, a good respect for the difference. Mm -hmm. And that she and I, even though we might have favorite artists, but we like them for completely different reasons, we can have very, you know deep conversations and have an understanding about it. So when I say what's your favorite song, I'm not necessarily asking what you think is the best song. It's I'm saying best what song. is the yeah. one Because we can like, talk about what the best song is. And we then, might have a difference of opinion about that because I, I don't best, think we've ever had that conversation. I don't think we've ever... Because we've up. had that conversation about the albums yeah. in like completely in total, but not as far as like songs or even singles are Let me bring up like the track list. Yeah, go ahead and bring up the track list. Okay, track list and get a refresher. So my thing about Justified is every couple of years, I feel like my favorite changes. It happens. But looking, looking at the entire track list... I think my favorite song and continues to always come back to being my favorite song is probably Let's Take a Ride. Okay. Why? Let's Take a Ride is... I'm, a, I'm the kind of person, like, I listen to a lot of, like, 
I listen to a lot of like kind of like chill wave, kind of like Beach House, uh, Tame Impala. Okay. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So let's take a ride. I think embodies like number one, it's completely and totally a Neptune's produced track. Okay. But it's not a banger. Got it. So it's not a banger. But let's take a ride is like that song that you listen to. And I think I even understand it more now that I'm older. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a song that you kind of listen to where it's like a guy and he's singing to you and he's like, you know what? Shit sucks right now. But like, let's fucking take a drive and let's chill because you don't deserve this shit going on in your life. And the world is a shitty place, but we're going to go somewhere and we're going to chill and we're going to be good together because that's what I want to do with you because I love you. So you like the more ethereal feel of the yeah. song. Okay. It's okay. very like, I like to chill. To, I can chill to the song. I can smoke to the song. Because it's like, I know I've heard you bring up the song before, but I never, I didn't know that that was the one for you. So that's good to know. I like that. Yeah, let's take, nothing else is also, it might be my number two. Your favorites on this album are the deep cuts. Yes, the deep cuts are my favorite. Okay, because this is an album of his where his singles are both my favorites mm-hmm. and what i think are the best songs on i think hands down the best song on this album is rock your body that is my favorite song from justified and i like rock your body because i feel like that's the one that 100 percent is in its michael jackson influence yes when i hear that song i feel like it is a it's like hearing pyt on the radio it's like but it's like more so not pyt what's the one uh like the rock your uh Rock with oh, you. Oh, rock with you. Uh-huh. I think of that one where, like, the video where he's in, like, the sparkly. Yeah. And I, but it's like, and it's just him dancing, just like the video for Rock Your Body kind of was, yeah. where it was just him dancing surrounded by lights. Yeah. It brought in a girl at one point, but, like, you know, it's, it's like, in the same vein to me, mm-hmm. and I think it's perfect. And it's also what I feel is one of Justin Timberlake's most perfect songs in his entire I, catalog. I agree with that. I love that I song. want that. I think the Rock best. Body. If we were going from a musical standpoint mm-hmm. of someone who is very well versed in music and someone who, I don't know, writes lists on Rolling Stone mm-hmm. and has for the last 30 years, musically, the best song is Cry Me a River. Really? Yeah. Musically, the best song is Cry Me a River. It's very well produced. I There's think a lot of that... components to it. If you really, really, really listen to Cry Me a River, Timbaland put a lot of different like sounds, drums, beat. He put a lot of different things in this song. There's a lot of layers. Yeah. I always felt that Cry Me a River was a little busy. It is a little busy. I think it should have been a little more simpler. Either you go with the strange sounds or you go with the beat. But to have both, I feel like there's just kind of a lot of elements going on. And sometimes I feel, especially when I, I listen to a lot of my music in headphones and mm-hmm. in really like deep, good headphones, because I I want to hear the music and feel it, want to see the colors. Yeah. 
But like, I feel with that song that it can be distracting a lot of times from Justin's lyrics and singing because there's so much production. Mm-hmm. But I think Justin was also coming from a place of when they were doing this song, he's coming from a place of heartbreak. True, because we said he wasn't going to talk about any personal stuff, but also you can't... Justified is an album about heartbreak. You can't bring up... You can't deny... (laughs) That whole album is... You can't talk about Justified without talking about the breakup that has essentially shaped his career from that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. Crying Me a River, I think, was busy because he wanted it to be busy. Like, he wanted it to reflect the anger and, like, the betrayal that he fucking felt and that he ultimately put in the music video, which was sus on Justin's part. No, not gonna lie. Yeah, I thought the video was a bit tacky. It was a bit tacky. Yeah, for anybody. To give the look like Brit, it it was tacky. It wasn't. I don't... But it was also a very 22-year-old thing to do. But also, Justin, if you ever hear this um, and want to provide a rebuttal, I would like to know how (laughs) much of the Britney lookalike was any of your idea. Ooh, that is also a good question. Because I feel like there's been some moments in Justin's career... That were obviously fueled by someone else's That very much so could have been. Yeah. Because... Because this was a time where... no point do I ever want to proclaim that I feel like I know Justin Timberlake. Like, I met him once in an alley um, some years ago uh, in Santa Monica at the Apple Store. You were with Jessica Biel, and I waved hi to you guys. You probably don't remember, but I do. (laughs) And it took me forever to tell Cass about it, because I was like, she's going to be... She's going to flip her shit (laughs) as soon as I tell her, so I'm just going to wait a second, and then I'm going to tell her... So I actually didn't wait. I actually didn't tell her until like well after I clocked back in. I was like, oh my God, I, I met Justin Timberlake in the alley. I just kind of said hi, but you know, he was like, hey, how's it going? I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> on the inside, I was chill and cool on the outside, I swear. And Jessica <laughs> Beale walked by and you know, we know how, we know how Cass feels about Jessica Beale. I'm not, we're not gonna, uh, we're not, we're no not, talks about. We're not fans. And I always thought that, you know, it was, you know, from a place of jealousy. It, um, a part of it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it was pretty much that way until earlier this year when she decided to pipe up and open when her she trap. she piped up about, about vaccinations. vaccinations. And I now kind of look at Justin a little sideways. Like, I bro. am looking at Justin a little sideways with the anti-vaxxing as well. Because look, I, you know, I try to keep personal and political opinions out of this podcast, but I'm just going to go ahead and flat out say that I think that not vaccinating your children is fucking stupid. And it, we now have like very loud proof on her own part, because she said so herself, um, that they very, they very clearly seem to have not vaccinated their son. And, uh, I'm concerned about that, but you know, <laughs> I don't want to uh, get, I don't want to get into that because I do still feel that people are entitled to do. I don't feel that people what should they, be entitled to decide whether or not their kids get vaccinated. I, I think that they should. Now, when it comes to having them a part of public schooling, Yes. I think that's where we can step in and be like, nah, you don't no. want to vaccinate your kid? Yeah. Teach your kid at home. 
Yeah, like, but also but kids, they do have the right not to vaccinate bringing, their kids. No, but bringing that kid out into the world because you can't keep the kid in the house forever. Uh, vaccines rely on herd mentality for people who can't get vaccines, who have autoimmune diseases, or who are having chemo, uh, who are having like other treatments, you know, myself included, having lupus. Um, I think that it's very unfair to me for someone to tell me that they don't have to vaccinate their kid when I didn't get to choose whether or not I have this autoimmune disease. Okay, that's an opinion. <laughs> that is, those are some words. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're probably going to edit this whole part out. Yeah. But <laughs> just know that it's on record <laughs> if I do decide to keep it in. Um, <laughs> so going back to justify, justify, justify. It, no pun intended, justifies Justin Timberlake as a megawatt solo star um i wonder what his bandmates were thinking as all this was going real time and he's like he was devastated over here and over there because also they never really formally broke up as no they didn't they said they were on a break they were on a break and then you're like you know chilling at home drinking you know your pepsi or whatever from your sponsorship and you (laughs) (laughs) look every fucking super bowl is sponsored by Pepsi, <laughs> and they had done the Super Bowl not too long before yeah, this. They definitely had with what was that Aerosmith so and Britney Spears? Yeah, they probably have a lifetime supply of Pepsi. So they're sitting at home drinking their Pepsis, and they're like, you know, they spit it out like, what? Mm-hmm. And like, he's dropping an album, and I can only imagine how it felt when you realized that he dropped the album that was so good, and to the success that it had. We also have to talk about, um, because Justified came out, uh, I want to say maybe fall 2002, and Celebrity had just came out January the year before, and they did a whole tour. Yeah. Which means that essentially Justin was recording this album behind their backs. Well, it that see, that depends, because... Of, it's not any surprise that there isn't a whole lot of information out there about when exactly it was he was recording it and when exactly mm-hmm. it was it was decided that he was going to mm-hmm. do this because it very much so there's a very high chance that this was decided while he was still like I have to say that as promoting celebrity who stalks Justin um that's a joke (laughs) (laughs) i don't actually stalk him please don't Um, break down my door i don't actually stalk him but as someone who who follows justin as though he is my religion um or i did when i was younger not so much now no we reserve Um, that for the church of kanye (laughs) not so much now um but when i was younger um, there are videos on YouTube of Justin recording these songs, and I will say that, you know, the outfits do correspond to what Justin was wearing around certain times. So, during. During NSYNC's phase. Okay. I do particularly oh, remember shit, this guys. one hat. It was like kind of like a, 
beanie, but not really, and it had like a red stripe, and he used to wear it a lot. Oh God! Remember when they used to wear beanies? Oh. God! Remember when everybody had a fedora face? Oh God! It's not. Ugh, it's garbage. But yes, I mean, I have a hard time believing that he wasn't running. Around he wasn't stepping recording out this on his because he mistress. met. He met Pharrell, and I think God, I you can't quote me on this because I. I don't remember specifically, but I know that he said when he met Pharrell, like from that moment on, they just like hit it off. They hit it off and like, they were just like, we have to do songs together. Okay. Um, well, I really wish that they got back together for Man in the Woods, but we're getting there. Um, <laughs> so moving forward. Um, so yeah, it becomes an unmitigated success. Um, it's one of the... Um, highest selling albums of that year and I really believe he was like the third highest selling album that year um, so I have to uh, go back and take a look at that Future Sex Love Sounds what year did that come out? 2006 you are absolutely correct <laughs> or at least you are according to Apple um, because they I know when they all came out they, that's awesome <laughs> shit they sometimes they lie. Um, so yeah, that came out in 2006. So this was us in high school, almost out. I think we were juniors at the time. Uh huh. We were in high school at the time. And I feel that 2006 to 2010 was four of some of the most magical years in music on record mm -hmm. and so we bring up future sex love sounds because obviously that's the second album in his history and as a solo artist in the order um but future sex love sounds is personally my absolute favorite justin timberlake album i also feel that it is his best album now, who produced that song or that album? Timberland. Timberland, one hundred percent, did the whole thing, um, which is nothing new for Timberland. We're used to that. He was pretty much um, a. He's been a longtime producer. He's a new rapper too. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like he's one of those ones, kind of like Diddy, where like he produces better than he makes his own shit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was a solo producer on like Nelly Furtado's mm -hmm. uh, technically second album, where she did a complete one eighty. One eighty, but that album was great. but it was hot. Yeah, um, there were times where you know he was pretty much the majority producer for Aaliyah and. Mm -hmm. Um, there's just a, a whole litany of artists out there that he's produced for. Um, so this was a, a very unique thing to me because this is where, and I know that Man of the Woods exists, <laughs> but this is where Justin got weird and it <laughs> works for me it, so hard. It works. And this was like, this obviously we know now this is like when Timberland was like in the height of his like drug addictions. So it makes sense that this album is fucking awesome. You make some bangers when you hopped up on Perky's, okay? Uh, you know, yeah. And it's like, we don't, we don't want to continue to keep like, you know, 
pressing that kind of narrative. You don't always have to be high to make great music. No. But, but um, it does uh... help. And it seems <laughs> to have a good record of helping for like the last 50 years. Um, so yeah, Future Sex Love Sounds. First song that dropped off of that album was Sexy Back. Yes. And which created a lot of... Again, <laughs> some problems. <laughs> a lot of problems. Some controversy. Beginning with Prince. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Prince didn't like that. Just to say, he don't give a fuck what Prince like. Pretty much how that's how that went. <laughs> Um, because, you know, we've been throwing just, you know, money and attention and pussy at Justin Timberlake for all these years. He, you know, uh, was feeling himself around this time and he felt bold enough to tell Prince to go fuck himself. Yeah. And that, you know, um, he even took a moment out on Timberland's album when he says that line if sexy, sexy never, never left, left, then why is then everybody, why is everybody on, my shit? on my shit? And uh, I'm like, well... Didn't okay. end it there, though. Said, don't hate on me just because you didn't come up with it. I mean, he got real... <laughs> he got real saucy. And, um... Nobody gets saucy with Prince. To be quite honest, so when he did that song and he dropped that line in that, in that song, um, this was a while later... So we knew that Future Sex Love Sounds was a huge hit. Yes. So he was 100% well within his rights to say so because he was right. Um, and, you know, nobody, <laughs> wants, nobody wants to admit that Justin was right. But he was right. He was right. It was right. And, uh, you know, just, you know, just keep on being Prince. Like, it's fine. You're already Prince. You And not to mention, it's like you already had like 30 years on this guy like why are you arguing with a child but whatever that was back then no disrespect to prince's legacy but we can't get into it was the really craziest thing for me to to read that he was like feuding not even with but more so just about just at justin yeah and it's like you are prince like you have so many and prince is one of (laughs) his like his inspiration. But see, like, that's how you know. That's how you know you've when you've it, really done something. When you've when you're arguing with the person when who inspired you to become when a you're musician. arguing with legends. Yeah, and you were right, <laughs> and the legend was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Back to future sex. So Love back to sounds. the album. Sexy backdrops. I actually had mixed feelings about I had mixed feelings at first as well. I will not lie. I still uh, never really uh, came all the way around to Sexy Back. Only because the rest of that album is so much better. I think that if you go back and listen to Sexy Back now that we don't hear it all the time. I um, I did. I did last week. Um, in preparation for this, I've basically been on my long drives listening to Justin's albums from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, just listening to them, I not even really forming. Anyway, so I yeah. had no prep for this. <laughs> you just mentioned that you had a whole, a whole <laughs> playlist of just Justin's songs, which I get it. Um, but I have been listening to them because, you know, some opinions that I've had before 
have changed. What hasn't changed though is I still feel like it's his best album and it's still my absolute favorite mm-hmm. from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I still I still have some reservations about Sexy Back and I realized on the drive that my reservations stem from the fact that I feel that Sexy Back compared to everything else that was put together on the album, mm-hmm. even in its weirdness. Because, you know, at the time, it was a weird song, and it was something, you know, nobody heard anything like that before. It was very yeah. strange. But even in its weirdness and its newness at the time, I still feel like it's a throwaway track. And that was the top single. That was the top single I think the from the album. Sexy Back was made to be the single. And You know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think that Sexy Back... I don't think when you think about the album as a whole that it was like sexy back is part of the vision that they had. I think that every album needs a single. Yeah, something that can and play. Sexy on back was that single for that album. Yeah, and then it was also something that, you know, until it got, you know, under Prince's panties. Mm-hmm. Um it was it's definitely the sauciest song on the rest of the album the rest of it pretty much plays it straightforward in its tone but this one was very catty but i even think that sexy back fits perfectly into that space between future sex love sound and sexy ladies well yes but i think the the album the whole album is made that way because this is one of the reasons why i really love this album is because When this album is not cut up, uh, a.k.a. Spotify. um, Yeah, what the fuck, Spotify? This album is meant to be 100% the LP that it is. An LP is a long play, and you are meant to listen to it from beginning to end because each song blends into the next. Yes. And there's a couple of songs where they do fade out and jump to the next song, but it is an emotion through the entire album. And that really got me because I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, Justin Solo was still new to us at the time. I didn't really think that he had, had it. I didn't think he had the, the cloud isn't the right word, but I didn't really think that he had the, the know with all to pull something like that. Like future sex love sound. Well, to make it an album that blends. Okay. Because it's such a rare thing to do because not a whole lot of artists do that. One of the few artists who do who does that for uh, more often um, than we uh, give her credit for is actually Madonna. Madonna makes a lot of albums that are long plays and that are meant to be listened to from beginning to end, especially the albums that are dance eccentric. Mm-hmm. But this album, I mean. I'm just looking at this track list and I'm like, I, I fuck with every last one of these. Songs. I mean, there is kind of not a song on there. That Cause I don't I hate don't sexy back, but it's just, fuck with. it's one of those songs. Like if it played in a bar, I wouldn't be mad. I would I be like, I can't stand this song. No, I don't mind the song, but when it comes to my personal listening pleasures, uh, it gets skipped more I often than it gets listened to. Damn girl. Also. Damn Girl was cheap, um, but I, I think that that was just Damn an excuse girl. to have a feature. Yeah, I can live without Damn Girl, but also when I'm playing the entire album, 
I'm not gonna go out of my way to skip it. Really? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, 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 I don't either. I don't either. But I think that's also a moment where I can take to like zone out and do something else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like I don't like it, and I don't. And the only reason why we're singling out Sexy Back is because Sexy Back was was the the single. single. And it was the number one selling single um, from his album, from yes. this album. So it's important to bring that up. But, okay, so we're getting into what we did with the last album. What is your personal favorite? This is hard. I know it's hard, girl. So, shit. There are so many little things that I like about Future Sex Love Sounds. Um, Like... My Love is definitely one of my favorites, but also, like, I think that the I Think She Knows prelude is amazing, and I wish that that was, like, a whole song. Mm-hmm. Um, as a whole, probably Summer Love Set the Mood prelude is probably my favorite song. You, um, I think it's worth mentioning that you, over the years that we've had this conversation you seem to be very partial to his ballads. Yeah, I'm a ballad over person. his his um up more up tempo stuff. Yeah, I'm a I like ballads. What well, I, I want to say ballads, I like slower vibed like music. And I think that that I I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to make any assumptions about you as a fan, but I feel like a lot of that has to do with you personally admiring Justin the way you do being. That kind of fan. I don't think it's that. I don't feel like I'm like picturing that he's singing like directly to me. Well, no, I didn't mean like that. But I think Um, I mean like him in the more, in the more stark, in the more, uh, very open. I just always really, really, really been partial to like love songs. Okay. Okay. And that like comes from me being a kid growing up to like R and B songs my whole life. Okay. I was a really big like R and B like slow song like love fan. And I think that that translates to kind of everything that I listen to, even Justin. Um, like I'll always if I buy a new album, I'll always listen to the ballads first. Okay. That's good to know. Um but with Justin, like when you when you listen to a Justin Timberlake album for the first time, do you listen to it from beginning to end? Yes, the first Justin, time? I listen to from beginning to okay. end, because um, I I sometimes I will say the one album I did not listen to from beginning to end yeah. was Man, Man of the Woods. Man of the Woods. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and see now that we're now that we're on to what is my personal favorite. It just that upsets me so much more about Man in the Woods because what the fuck? What the fuck, what the fuck was happened that? here? What happened here? <laughs> what you happened? first of all, we've been waiting. You had been waiting. every opportunity. Every opportunity. And it's like you and you were coming out at a prime time where there wasn't really any other R and B thing going on because we already had our share of Bruno and then you know this this was about to be all you in that arena and oh my god, that's what you gave us? I'm sorry, Justin. I do really I do really like you. I do. I know I talk about you being mm-hmm. kind of cheesy sometimes, but <laughs> I do really like you and that that still really hurts my feelings. Um <sighs> 
It hurts my feelings too. I mean, honestly, that's. We're gonna get into man of the week, and we're and we're gonna get into it because obviously, what comes after this is is uh, the twenty twenty experience, and I was on the absolute defense for this man about that album. Yeah. So, um, but we're gonna get into that. I'm almost done with uh, future sex love sounds here. So. Personal favorite. Personal favorite on Future Sex. We're saying set the love, set the mood. I think, yes. Summer Love, set the mood, prelude. Okay. For sure. For the most part. (sighs) (laughs) My favorite song, and this is probably going to shock you, um, is actually the set the mood until the end of time. I... So, okay. <laughs> she doesn't know what I talk about on here, but you guys do. And what I'm really going to say is that you know how I feel about ballads. Ballads really have to fucking be something for me to say that I'm a fan of the ballad. Like, basically, unless you're fucking Sade or Rust His Soul, Marvin Gaye, like, you know, nobody's ballads are ever really going to touch me that hard. But something about that song something about until the end of time i regard it as one of the best ballads i've ever heard That's... And that is coming from a sade fan and i the best way that i can explain it because that's a ballad that i've never really able been able to put into words why i love that song but when i hear that song i feel love yeah yeah that's the best way that i can it's describe it definitely one of justin's and also, songs. to fucking hell with anybody who likes the Beyonce version. Oh, oh my, my god. god! I don't ever, I don't ever want to hear that song. Uh, I don't ever want to hear that song. That ruined that song. I don't think she ruined it, but that was very ill-advised. That should have been him only. That should have never been a duet. That no, is not I mean, meant like, to be she, a duet. That version was terrible. I don't mean like she ruined the song. I just mean like, it was just a bad idea. That version was fucking terrible. It like, was a it bad was idea. Really bad. And if it was really meant to be, Beyonce, and it wasn't even the Beyonce version would have been on the album. But also, it wasn't like a. It wasn't something where they were in the studio together. It was obviously something. Oh that she God! Went and then in that part too. Sang on it, and then they pieced it into the original song. And I always feel like that is so. That has become such a commonplace. But I still personally, as a music fan, think that, that is so true. I think that's because bullshit. if you're really gonna fucking collaborate, you're all gonna make the time to get together. Yeah, I think. Goddamn, collaborate in the same bullshit. place at the same time. Yeah. If you can't get together to make the song, then don't make the then song. Then don't you fucking make it. It's not for real. And also, just so that y'all know out there, we can tell yeah. when you're not doing it together. We can tell. We can hear it. We I don't tell. care what anybody says. You can hear it. We're not you stupid. You can feel it. It's music. Like I feel that I know this. It's so strange. And as someone who knows every single fucking run, every single ad lib to every single one of his songs... You, they changed absolutely nothing in that song. They literally just pieced her voice over it. Yeah. And it's, it's messy and it's, it's just not good. Yeah. It's not great. It's like when they like dub anime, like, it's just like, can you not, can you not, <laughs> can you not? It, just, it doesn't even sound, it doesn't 
feel the same. So, okay, so we have that going on. Personal favorites. What do you think is the best song? Best song on the album? I'm going to give it a tie. Ooh, I we got a tie here. At, uh, okay. My Love is a really, is a really dope song. And Until the End of Time. Okay. Okay. I think the best song on the album, again, going to throw some curveballs in there because I am <laughs> quite a strange little duck, is the first track, Future Sex Love Sound. Se- oh, I was going to say the best Future song Sex Love Sound. I think that is the best song on the fucking album. You know what? And I feel like that's the song that I they did and they were like, Fuck. You know what? <laughs> You're like, shit, we should mind. do some more, bro. <laughs> no, I changed my mind. I'm going to have to agree with you because I'm hearing Future Sex Love sounds in my mind. And I'm just thinking of that like, beat is the so first sick. time you turned on the album. And that's how it hit and you. And Future Sex Love sounds started. And just like when it, when the beat like hits and he just goes into like, she's hopped up on me. I gotta remember myself. It's just that like that song is like that song is fucking. That song is that song is, is dirty. Yeah, that song and is it's like fire. it's not even anywhere near being nasty. And yeah, it's still it's so just, hot. That song is hot. Even him performing White it hot. at the concert. It was hot. Yeah. Like him, like that was song is we're gonna get into that next. We're gonna talk, <laughs> we're gonna talk about um because we're talking about Justin as far as music is concerned, but we still have to talk about him as an artist. As a performer. And that brings in the performances and it also brings in videos. Videos. Because Justin Timberlake is one of those few artists who I have watched every single one of the videos he's ever made, including the ones he made for me. Um, uh, it's me too. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Like, I saw it. So did You gotta see what everybody's talking about. I saw it. All right, jumping forward. So we jump forward to what I still think is Justin Timberlake's most ambitious, definitely most ambitious album, and that yeah. is the 2020, 2020 experience, and that was a. Two part, two part album. So there is a lot to unpack here because yes. there's a lot going on. Yes. So 2020 experience. Now I don't know if you remember, but the very first song that dropped, um, that was gonna that became the first single for 2020 was Suit and Tie. Yes. With Jay Z. Yes. And I remember. Uh, we were well out of high school and kicking it like as young adults and everything together. And mm-hmm. I remember riding around with you and we were talking about suit and tie mm-hmm. and you were having a whole goddamn conniption in the passenger seat about how much you fucking hated that song. Yes. Uh, because also when the song came <laughs> out, we, we weren't together. We both heard it for the first time in different places. Yes. Um, and you hated that song and I fought with you about how because much I thought that was a great it. song. Yeah, I remember. I thought it was fantastic. I hated it you when I first heard it. hated the song. But I, we eventually over the years come to realize that I think that the expectations were so high yes. that it wasn't going to matter what he dropped. Yeah. You just went, it was just not going to be enough. It was, yeah. It was just not going to be enough. Yeah. Do you feel now that your opinion has changed about it? About suit and tie? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Um, Do you think it's changed drastically? Or? No. I you seemed a little apprehensive in that. My, it's still not my favorite. Really? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm quite honestly not a Jay-Z fan. And okay, I, Jay-Z aside, Jay-Z I find aside, him to be really let's pretend, annoying. let's pretend that the Jay-Z's not on suit and tie. Do let's, I like Yeah, I was about to say, let's okay. pretend that there's a version that exists without him. Hold on, I'm listening to it in my head. Okay. No, I like suit and tie. I like suit and tie. I'm shy, right and like, I, I love that song. when I'm like, it's, it's definitely a bop. It's a little bop. It's a bop. It's a little bop. And I like the narrative of the song because, you know, whether he's, you know, talking to Jessica or not in his music, that's something I've never really ever thought about or anything. I've never thought about it. <laughs> try not to. Because um, uh, I still feel like they're a very strange pairing. But whatever. It works. They've been together a long time. I mean, um, but I... season an Aquarius? I... <laughs> I think that he, you can hear in the narrative of the song and in the tone of the song that whoever he is singing to, he's been with for a minute and he's like, girl, we about to go out and have a night together. We're going to go out and have fun. And it's a fun song and you feel the fun. It's fun. Yes. That is what I will you say about You feel the fun it's in a the fun song. song. I don't think it's necessarily like one of those songs that you can like, you know, get down to it's not a booty shaker but it's no. it's a it's a it's like what they say back in the day. it's a, it's a nice little ditty it's a ditty it's a little ditty <laughs> it's a ditty i it's feel a that cute song. i feel that it's a ditty it is a cute song i it's really love that song now the 2020 experience 2020 experience is a little strange for uh-huh. me because again once again man of the woods exists yes so we're gonna we're gonna get all into yes. that shit but i feel like this album as far as the ambition was concerned i de- i deeply respect it but i feel like it was kind of all over the place um i feel like there was a lot of Things that were out of place. I'm gonna have. I, I will agree with that. Um, that like they could have been great Justin songs in another era. Mm-hmm. Like maybe maybe half of this song could have half of this album could have been what Man of the Woods could have been. You know, <laughs> like he could have given us another 2020 experience before he ever gave us a man of the woods. I agree with that. And I, I would have, I would have accepted it. I would have taken it. I'd be like, okay, what's next? I think that I, I actually think part one and two of 2020 could have just been one album. And yes. they could have cut out at least 10 to 12 of these songs. So some years ago, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers did also did a double album and it was an ambitious thing for them. Uh, called Stadium Arcadium and as great as I do think that both parts of those were that definitely could have been just a long play one album like instead of giving me two albums of 15 16 songs it really could have just been one album of the 18 best of the two yes and you know I really feel like he could have gone that direction with this where 
if you're pushing the envelope like where Future Sex Love Sounds was an album that blended together, mm-hmm. which is not something you hear very often, then he could have done something uh, revolutionary in a throwback sense by making this a longer album, which had become very uncommon by this time. So it's like, you know, back up until like the early 2000s, albums used to be 18, 19, sometimes 20, 21 tracks long. Mm -hmm. And something, you know, some of it might be interludes and you might only really get like 16 actual songs, but still it was a long album, album that played about an hour and a half long. And like, I think he could have met just as much success doing that with this song, with this album. Then giving us a double album because I feel like a lot of these more than any of the other albums were all throwaways. Yeah, most of the songs on part two, throwaways. We could have done without Gimme What I Don't Know. True Blood was a throwaway. Fine, let's keep Cabaret because it has Drake on it. Yeah, um, you know, you gotta, he's TKO, gotta have his features. Who even remembers that? Take Back the Night. I mean, he performed at the VMAs, but like None of us are paying attention to that. I don't, that. and I don't like that song. And all the, kind of the rest of these, I don't even really remember. You Got It On is an okay one. I liked Not A Bad Thing. I will say that, but video was a throwaway. Okay. There's another song, there's a song on here that's actually um, a added track. It's a bonus track. And it's called Blindness. That should have been... On 2020 part one. Okay. And we could have thrown away like. Let the groove get in. Even just that fucking title. (laughs) Dude. When did you turn into. This is how. Honestly 2020 experience probably should have given us all the telltale signs. That we were going to end up with the man of the woods. Because suddenly with, with 2020 experience. He, like, turned into, like, a 50-year-old crooner yeah. in the 70s. And yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> when did you, like, he went... I feel... He I, did this, and then he went, like, full old man with me. I quite honestly feel like we could not even talk about 2020 Part 2, and, like, this would be missing nothing. Well, here's the thing. But, I didn't know, because, again, by this time, everything was digital. I didn't know 2020 Experience was a double album. Yeah. Because nobody For talks like about part two. two weeks. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, what do you mean? I was like, well, why does well, this no, cover look different? Well, no, 2020 part two was released after part one. See, I didn't even mm-hmm. fucking know that. Yeah. It I was released after part one. It was supposed so to be So then we like didn't that. need that at all. We didn't need it. It wasn't necessary. You could have just dropped B-sides. Yeah, he could. He really honestly could have. Okay. But part one, um, we'll get into... But also, so 2020 experience, I, um, I, I was, I was a defender of his suit and tie song. Yes. Um, but honest, but to be honest, it wasn't just you. There were several people, um, that were like, eh, I think it's, you know, I don't think it's all that great. And I'm like, you guys are, I don't know if we're hearing the same song. Cause that song is fucking fantastic. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, I actually recently, um, gave a new or or got a new 
a renewed sense of appreciation for what went behind 2020 experience. Yes. When we watched the 2020 concert on, what was that, Netflix? Well, this was when Justin first uh, met his band, uh, the Tennessee Kids. Yes. And so, I knew nothing about this at the time when we watched this concert movie. Yeah. So he has, since the, since 2020 experience, he has had a live band that he has kept since then. And everybody knows how much I fucking love live music. <laughs> and that was an amazing show. I wish I had gone to see it. And 2020 <laughs> part one was good in most parts because of his band. Which was why some of these songs just confused me so much. I think this was the start of him thinking too hard. I think I'm going to have to agree with you um, on and that. And thinking too hard for himself. Because I don't I don't want to take anything away from Justin. And I don't want to take anything away from any, of, uh, any artist like this. But I don't think that it's a bad thing if you are an artist who depends very heavily on the creative nature of your producers. Because mm-hmm. there's an artist that may not have the creative thinking forwardly, mm-hmm. but that they can pull off something when they're handed something, when that something is crafted for them very well. Yes. And one of the perfect examples of that, like I mentioned earlier, is Usher. Usher yes. is the type of artist that when he is handed something amazing, he can pull that shit off. Yeah. But we nobody ever asks Usher to think of anything. Yeah, nobody is... is- and that's not to say that Justin is not capable of his own ideas or any of these things. But I also feel like, and I mean, it keeps coming back to Man of the Woods because it was almost insulting as a fan. Because artist, um, songwriter, producer relationships are... I don't want to say what I feel, but what I think we all generally agree is the absolute most important relationships yeah. to have in music because those are the three components, the three main components that make or break a hit. But I also think the difference between I feel, let's say, justified and then let's say Man of the Woods, in which case Man of, Man of the Woods was... Justin finally being able to work with the Neptunes again. Because the reason why Justin wasn't working with the Neptunes was because um, there were issues between Pharrell's record label and Justin's record label, and they weren't allowed to work together. Right. So, which is so stupid to me. I, uh, record so labels, you guys, you guys bite off your own foot. Like, so many fucking times and you know the world is already telling you what they want from you just give them yeah just god damn so justin but the the thing about justified was justified was like justin trusting timbaland and the neptunes enough to know that they're going to lead him in the right direction whereas man of the woods is all of them coming together and collaborating 
on this project. And I don't think that that was the way they should have gone about that. Yeah, um, this gave pretty much the absolute testament that um, Justin should never be allowed to drive. <laughs> he shouldn't. He shouldn't be allowed and to drive. And I don't want to... I, I am the biggest Justin Timberlake fan. And I don't believe that he should have been given as much creative power as he was given for Man of the Woods because it didn't work. It just, it, it, it was painfully disappointing because even with 2020 experience, you know, you give him, you, you hand him, you hand him the credit for the ambitiousness and you hand him the credit for essentially crafting a much, the, the most mature version of himself at that time. Uh, because yeah, he's a grown, he was a grown man by then and he had family by then. And, you know, he's not the same Justin from Justify, certainly not the same Justin from NSYNC. And with music that, with artists, that's how they show the maturity because we don't necessarily get to see it so much in their face and performance like we do with actors and actresses. It's different with musicians. And, you know, let's let's go through 2020 and we'll get into Man of the Woods because I have, I actually do have have a lot to say about Man of the Woods as an album, like track wise. So then, okay, so let's finish up with 2020. 2020, and we're going to count both of them because we have to. It is a two-parter. Yeah, we're going to count both of it, them. It comes, it comes as a double album, but um, favorite song on the album so, or between the two. 2020 Experience does have two of my favorite JT songs. Ever. Um, ever. Okay. One of them being Strawberry Bubblegum. Okay. Which I think is a perfectly crafted uh, little little bop. Um, and then Blue Ocean Floor. Right. So Blue Ocean Floor is kind of that... How do you describe Blue Ocean Floor? It's this like really slow... Like ocean waves in the background kind of like really sappy fucking love song and I love sappy love songs I don't think it's all that sappy um, but Blue Ocean Floor I think I, it's well done I like Blue Ocean Floor because it I mean it has it has live instruments um, I don't know something about Blue Ocean Floor just like if it wasn't so slow, it would be my it would be my wedding song. <laughs> but I would not torture everyone who came to my wedding by having them listen to seven minutes of the slowest Justin Timberlake song. Well, you know, ever with heard. with well, you actually you could because with wedding songs, you don't have to play the whole thing. They yeah, fade it out at a good point. Um, just I think Blue Ocean Floor is like one of those songs where. It could be in a movie as like that scene where like the two people finally realize that they're in love with each other. And it's this whole like slow, dramatic, like it's, it's just one of those songs that I think like touches me 
I think in the same way that uh, un- like until the end of time touches you. Uh, I just Blue Ocean Floor is one of those songs that I heard for the first time, and I was like, okay, okay. I remember why I love Justin Timberlake. Okay. What do you think is the best song? The best song on. Twenty twenty. <laughs> I don't even. I wouldn't even know. I quite honestly wouldn't even know how to answer that. Um, take a stab at it, and then we can have you back some other time when you change, <laughs> when you change your mind. When we'll I just, change my I'll mind, I'll just drop you in. Like so, back to Justin Timberlake thing. How do you feel oh, about now? Speaking of twenty twenty, I actually really do not like mirrors. That's an awful song. I find mirrors to be really annoying. That's it. Really not. I don't understand why Mirrors was one of the most popular songs. It is. It was the actually best selling song of that album. I don't know why. (laughs) Because that song irks me. Um, I think you feel about that song the way I feel about Senorita. Yeah, I oh I, don't. I fucking hate Senorita. So I don't. Much. I skip the fuck out of that song. Senorita, I can tolerate. We pretend mirrors. like "Like I Love You" was how the album started. <laughs> but mirrors, oh my god! Whenever mirrors comes on, especially that part where it's just like "You are, you are." The... I'm like, oh my god! When is this song gonna be over? <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh, I cannot stand. Um. I actually really, 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 really loved uh, Push Your Love Girl. Push Your Love Girl is a really good song. I really, that's a good one. It's one of the best between the two. Um, All right, so my favorite song is no surprise that it's Suit and Tie. (laughs) Um, I really love Suit and Tie the most. Um, I think that. You know this album. This album is actually kind of hard because yeah, generally speaking, the rough. <laughs> well, generally speaking, I think the album is fine. No, I don't think it's a bad album. Between the two, I think it's fine. I think it was um, something that helped that helped adequately fill the void for those who were you know missing some Justin Timberlake. I also, I'm think- sure. Super fans like yourself wish it was more, but I also think well, no, because I also think it was a necessary album for Justin because I think it pushed him into us thinking of him as an adult. Um, yeah, I think he could have done it in a much more one albumy way. <laughs> Definitely in a one albumy way for sure. Um, but I think it allowed him to get a perm. We haven't even gotten into the style. <laughs> we haven't even gotten into the style yet. Oh man! Oh man! I think I hate to say I think "Suit and Tie" is the best song. Too. So favorite song and best song. I think it's still. Suit I really and tie. like "Push Your Love." I think "Push Your Love Girl." The production on "Push Your Love." That's Girl like a really amazing. close number too. Yeah, I really liked "Push Your Love." So Girl. we bring up. Man in the Woods, I mean, not Man in the Woods, oh my God, don't let me get ahead of myself into the negative. Um, But 2020 experience, you know, we bring it up because obviously that was next on the list. But musically speaking, and as somebody who is an audiophile, 
to like the highest degree of dorkiness. Like I have like professional studio quality headphones that I listen to albums on, mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. a regular basis. And musically speaking, audio on this album is the best well done audio mixing um, mm. of any of his albums. He was fresh and clear through the whole thing and it was it was perfect it it, as far as sound is concerned it was perfect it was perfect nothing was too high nothing was too low i agree with it was where every all the levels were where they were supposed to be like i have to actually now that i'm bringing it up i have to i forgot to actually take a moment and that there's adjusting on future sex love sounds well to to figure out who his Mixer was. Yeah. Because, oh my God, give that man or woman, you know, all the bitches, like. All the bitches. That, this was fucking amazing. All it's, the bitches. It sounded so good. I just wish the content was better. Um, But generally speaking, we both agree that it's, yeah, it's a well, fine song. Sure love it's a fine Girl album. starts. It is a production. And I appreciate that. Because, as we know, and then you know we're you talk about the band of how too. All this album starts. <laughs> we talk about the band too, so like you know yes. the, the band elements of this album was was it's just yes, very well done, and you could tell you know you you know the difference when you hear a live um, uh, instrument being recorded yes. in the studio versus yes. something digital. Yes. That's something you could never. You, you, you can't, can't mimic you that. can't yeah you can't skip and you can't skip that by people who are very serious about sound like yeah. you can you can hear it you can hear the difference So let's get to, you know, the one we've been talking shit about. The one we've been talking shit about this whole time. Man of the Woods. I will say that the title song. (laughs) (laughs) M-O-T-W. M-O-T-W. I will say that um, the title song of this album, Man of the Woods, which is an actual song on the album. um, I have never listened to all the way. Really? Yes. I am going to sit here and be completely honest. Um, so, like I said, I've been listening to his albums, um, mm-hmm. getting prepared for this discussion. Mm-hmm. And I still didn't get through listening to the rest of this album. Okay, so... So, um, I think I kind of already summed up my feelings about it. I... There are... There is a song on here that is featuring Alicia Keys. It is Morning called Light. Morning Light. Yeah. I have never heard the full version of that song either. Um, if you know me, you know that I will listen to any Justin Timberlake song, no matter how shitty... It is, or featuring who, I listened to the fucking remix that he did with T-Pain. And I know all (laughs) the words to it. 
this is not like this is very it is very serious for me to say that there are songs on this album that I have never listened to all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. And I I will list those songs. Man of the Woods, I've never heard all the way through. Morning Light. Um, I've heard Say Something only because they played it on the radio forever. Flannel. I tried to listen to Flannel because it's one of the, actually, one of the few, if not the only ballad on this album. So there's that. Living Off the Land, I, I've heard because it comes on right after Breeze Off the Pond, which is one of the songs on the album that I do like. There are songs on this album that I do like. They happen to be all the Neptunes produced songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not a surprise. Uh, so we'll start. Silky came out. That was the first. That was a single. Yeah, that was strange. Um, he did the video with the robot um, dancing like Justin. So again, with the singles and everybody going, what the fuck? Uh, this was a very warranted what the fuck, whereas every other what the fuck before this was debatable. Filthy was confusing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think everyone can agree that Filthy was confusing. It was, it was strange. Um, it was a strange time because we were like, oh, see, my whole, my whole thing was that, so when I have heard, um, the, uh, the rough cuts of some of these pieces through means that I'm not going to get into, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I realize now that that was one of the songs that I heard Mm -hmm. and I was excited at the time because I was thinking that it was going to be some weirdo shit um, that harkened back to like when Sexy Back came out. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. This is different. What's he? Ooh, he was about to give us some good shit. Um, and that, that turned out to not be the case. Um, and then with that song compared to the rest of the album, it is so incorrect. It is so wrong. It doesn't even fit into the rest of the album. It's so wrong. It's It's very very one-off song. Yeah. Um. It does not make sense to me. Um. Oh, Man of the Woods. Yeah. Man of the Woods does have one of my top three JT songs. Really? Of all time. What is that? Montana. Montana. That's not bad. Montana, to me, is a banger. Um, Montana gives me JT Rock Your Body vibes. It does. It does. Um, And that's the JT that I wanted for this whole album. That, I mean... Yeah, Montana should have been a single. That's the vibe that I wanted for this entire album. I wanted whatever JT and Pharrell were doing in the studio when they did Montana. That's what this album should have been. And then also it's really frustrating because he gave us 16 songs on this album. And it's like 16 none of them are... songs of trash. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely... 
And again, forgive me, Justin, I do uh, appreciate and respect you and some artists, but this is definitely a bargain bin album. This is like, in 10 years, I will never have listened to any of these songs again. Aside from Montana. I, all right. Let me let me ask this question first. Let me ask the question first, and then I will say what I was about to say. Favorite song on the album? Montana. Best song on the album? Montana. I actually <laughs> have none of them. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing. So there is my feelings about Man in the Woods. Because even with songs, with albums that I don't even think are all that great from from artists that I love, I can always still find something. And I am so not on board with this album at all. There is something about this album. I like to pretend like this didn't happen. Makes no sense to me. And I like I like Breeze off the pond. I will say that. So Breeze off the pond. Wave, higher, higher. Those are the songs that are tolerable. But do I like them because they're the only songs on this album I can listen to? Or because they're actually worth listening to? <laughs> that is the question that That's I ask myself. question. <laughs> That's a very good question. Am I just so desperate no. to like this album? That I have picked these songs because I want to like them. Yeah, no. So like you, like you already know that I'm like the biggest, one of the biggest Madonna stands in the world. And I, you know, I have no problem admitting that there's definitely a nice handful of albums of hers that I'm like, I can't even pretend that I'm into any of this because all of this is awful. Um... I like to, uh, as far as her most recent things are concerned, I like to pretend like MDNA didn't happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is just one of those albums where it just is always going to end up falling to the bottom of the list, and I don't really think that that's all that um, unreasonable for J for serious JT fans. No. Um, I think I just think that we should have gotten so much more from this because especially considering that he's not one of those artists that is releasing something all the time. Yeah, there's a good substantial amount of years in between every single one all of his, of his albums. albums. And I just feel like at this point in the game, you've been in the industry this long, and he's not somebody who's out of touch. Mm-hmm. He's not reached an age where he's out of touch with what's hot and what's not. And it's not necessarily trying to say, like, he needs to make something that's hot for the kids or something like that, but... I think it's also that... There... So, like, to to put a movie, a movie industry reference in here, um, there is a reason why Tarantino movies, um, in the more recent structure of things, have kind of ended up being all over the place because I did end up going to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. and I, I you know I I didn't walk out of that like hot damn that was awesome yeah. you know and uh, before that was uh, I honestly think it's his worst. Django. No not no, Django. Not Django. Um, I know which one you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. The one where they're like all in the cabin. Inside. Trying not to murder yeah. each other. Yeah. And then they just murder each other. 
What the fuck is that called? Because oh <laughs> all they want to call it is Man of the Woods. Because <laughs> it's, my, it's my Tarantino Man of the Woods. It's that Tarantino. But the pro- so, but the point that I'm trying to make is that like those movies, his movies as of late have kind of ended up all over the place and also ended up being way too fucking long is because he doesn't hateful have eight. hateful eight. <laughs> he doesn't have um, a solid source of an uh, of editing. Because he he's such a visionary that he's one hundred percent incapable of self editing, mm-hmm. and so when his editor Sally Menke um, tragically passed away, uh, you know, under uh, very sudden circumstances, um, she was his, she's been his longtime editor through every single one of his films. Yeah, and that relationship is very important because your editor is the one that's like, dude. Yeah. This is too much. You we need to cut this out. It's too long. This is too much. You yeah. can't you can't fit everything yeah, in like the fucking movie. People have to leave at some point. Mm-hmm. Like so it's like you gotta get to the point. It's like as much as you really appreciated making capturing that shot and you know making this particular element or emotion, it doesn't fit. And so this album for Justin, I feel like musically is the exact same example. I don't think that there was anyone or at least not enough people that were willing to be like, you have to cut this down. You or to it. even really say you need to go back and try again. I want to keep it. I don't even think that Justin believed in this album. I, I actually, I feel that he did. And I really think that he felt that he had the wattage to pull this shit off. We also have to take into account... Because we we know Justin as far as, like, his personality is concerned of what he portrays publicly. But, like... And, like, he's a really cheesy, corny man. And he's a cheesy, corny man because nobody's ever like, dude, you're a cheesy, corny man. Justin put this album out there as, like, this, like, comeback to his country roots and whatever the fuck he was talking about when he was about But to I don't lay the blame squarely on him. I don't, I don't think it was Justin's fucking fault. There's record obviously label. a whole team behind this, but I'm saying like the way that this album was it's like marketed not a to country us. star, dude. The way that this album was marketed to us, it felt it felt alienating to his fan base. So that brings me to my ultimate thought of I will never understand unless he explains it himself who this album was for. Who is this? Al- exactly. Who was this album None for? None of your fans wanted to hear this shit. I didn't. If I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> I would I would listen to him spit into a trash bag for 60 minutes. <laughs> and I didn't want to hear this. I album. don't want to hear this shit. I bought tickets to go see a concert for a Here's the other thing. Artists have to stop fucking us. Because I don't like that you drop tickets to a concert that no one has heard the album for yet. He dropped those tickets. I bought VIP $700 tickets 
And then I heard the goddamn album and I was like, why the fuck? I remember. Did I buy these $700? I remember. I remember that conversation. Oh my fucking God, that's right. Because you had tickets and the album hadn't come out yet. And then this is what we got. (laughs) And this is what we fucking got. And I'm not going to say that I didn't go. And that I didn't have fucking fun. And that I didn't buy a t-shirt and a hoodie. That's right. And you slept in that hoodie for and a I long still, time. I slept in, I still sleep in that hoodie. <laughs> I wore that t-shirt to oh work. Oh my God, I remember. So we used to be roommates. And I remember <laughs> she would come out of her room. She'd have no pants on but that fucking hoodie. Because <laughs> like, I just hoodie. kept thinking, like, I spent all this money. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to wear this shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Man of the Woods hoodie, too. It wasn't even like a Justin Timberlake. Like, Hoodie, it was a man of the woods hoodie. And I was just like, that thing is awful. <laughs> it's just like, the whole thing, it's insulting that you would sell tickets to a concert that no one has heard the album for yet. And that seems to have become the norm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not fair to us as fans. Because you already know those tickets are going to sell out. So even if I wanted to wait, until I heard the album, I would be sitting in the nosebleed section if I could even get a ticket. Yeah, it was um, quite... So I... Okay, where where am I trying to go with this? (laughs) I like Justin Timberlake and I love going to concerts and I will go to concerts of people that I am a... Fairweather fan of, so Uh to speak, um, just because I love the concert experience. And there have been plenty of times in my life where I've become a super fan of somebody after seeing them in concert because it's like, well, hot damn, this is a true artist right Uh here. Uh, Paramore was one of those ones. I was a little late to the Paramore train. Um, But then when I saw them in concert, I was like, this band is fucking awesome. Um, So then I I became a Paramore fan after that. So it's like... uh, I felt that even with the scope that Justin has as an artist and, you know, essentially on his way to legendary status, um, I still felt that he was definitely overpriced. And that was why I didn't have any interest of going because honestly, I would have gone with you, but I knew that I wasn't going to pay to only halfway enjoy myself and Mm -hmm. I didn't think that that was I'm not one of those people that likes to take up that seat from a real fan also it says a lot that at his concert he did not perform most of these songs that's right you did say that um you also weren't very happy about the fact that he had a moving stage and he would he would, for $700, he was not right in front for of For $700, he wasn't the entire show. The whole time in that earth. Because I feel like if you're going to have a stage where you go from one end of the stadium to the other, you should not be able to price the tickets that way. Yeah. I, and I agree. When you told me that, well, you were texting me through the show. And when you said that, I was like, oh my fucking God. Oh God! I either wanted. I would have been furious. I either want him sweating on me, or I'm not going. Yeah. So that is uh, that's Man in the Woods in a nutshell. 
And what I'm going to do now is we're going to run through, just real quick, we're going to run through some of uh, Justin's very popular songs that weren't necessarily, well, not necessarily, but that weren't a part of uh, major studio releases. Um, because Justin has, he, have a few of them. he has been featured on several uh, very popular songs with extremely popular artists. Some songs were great, some not so great. Also, um, while I was going through his dis- dis- discography, I realized that Justin um, actually had done quite a few motion pictures soundtracks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I was not aware of. So I sat and listened to some of those as well. Um, One of them being that I guess he did the motion picture soundtrack for the book of love. Did you listen to that? Yes. I have heard that. I listened to that too. Um, That was, that was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Um, Um, I don't think he has those chops to be making entire motion pictures. Yeah, I'm not gonna jump in there and like say, he wasn't like you know Pharrell over here like making the whole soundtrack for Despicable Me. It was fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> because I and I bring up Despicable Me because Justin also did the motion picture soundtrack for Trolls. Yes, which was did. a kids film like Despicable Me, and um, I. We we actually um, have a difference in opinion about its most popular song, which is Can't Stop the Feeling. Um, I actually really like that song. My opinion has changed. Really? Oh, yes. shit, y'all. Oh, shit, y'all. I'm, on, my opinion, I'm, I'm hearing the first of something My weird. opinion has changed on Can't Stop the Feeling. Um, I don't know what I was doing one particular day. Um, I think I was just having a really bad day. And uh, I just turned on some, like, random JT playlist that I found. And uh, that song came on. And I'm going to have to say, Can't Stop the Feeling is it's it's a good a, song. I like the song. I do. I like the song. I think that, formumatically speaking, it's perfect. It's a good song. Yes. It's a very feel-good yeah, like, it's a nice feel good song. Me and song. my brother dance around to that song. I also really like Hair Up. Uh, I have not heard that. You haven't one. heard it. Yeah, it's like it's just, it's and it's like it that one, the Trolls album is kind of hard to listen to because he was a voice in the movie. Um and so was Anna Kendrick. And as much as you know you can't deny that she can sing. I don't feel like she is a great enough singer to be in to sing such poppy things that were that what we have heard her sing before. Because Anna Kendrick is, as far as her singing is concerned, is is most popular for those. Um, what's that acapella group movie that she used yeah, to do? Um... It, they did like three of them. Yeah. My God. Uh, God, they're so you know, bad. That movie. Yeah, you guys know what movie we're talking about with like Rebel Wilson. And it was a group yeah. of girls, and you know they're singing they acapella singing. competitions. And for some like, reason, there's like major fucking drama in acapella competitions. But okay. But it's like the difference between like hearing someone sing on Broadway and then having them yeah. sing like a Katy Perry. She's song. got a really great operatic 
voice, but she she's not a pop singer, and so the Trolls album is difficult to listen to. And that to. was why I didn't listen to it, because I, I don't particularly care for her voice. And I like, I actually love listening to motion picture soundtracks, because again, super dork. No, um, I like motion picture soundtracks. Oh my god, we need to sit and talk about one day favorite motion, motion I was actually going to say, if you want to do one on Paramore, I'm a super huge Paramore fan. And I know all their albums back to front. I need to brush up because I actually have not listened to Paramore in a really long time. I so I gotta, I gotta brush up and we can have that conversation. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally with it. So then we get to things like Dead and Gone. Which he did with T.I. Dead and Gone. That was a song that JT did. That was a song that JT <laughs> did. Um, that my mother actually really likes that song. Does she? Mm-hmm. My she mom does. really likes that song. She does. So it's a mom song. Okay. It's a T.I. song. It was a T.I. song that the moms like. The moms I'm liked with it. it. All right. So. Uh, let's, let's, let's try this one. Cause this is actually, um, and I got some thoughts on this one, okay. but he did a song with Madonna from her, um, mm. hard candy album. And it was actually the single, the, the, the first single from that mm-hmm. album. And it was called four minutes. And he did that with her. I feel like that was also 2006. Because, like I said, uh, that was a magical year. Actually, no. Hard Candy was after that because 2006 was Confessions of a Dance Floor. Mm. And that is one of Madonna's best albums of all time. We'll yes. get into that another day. Yeah, I can agree. Um, but Four Minutes, yay or nay? Um, I'm going to say nay. Mm. I'm going to say nay on Four Minutes. I, I was really disappointed that it didn't feature more of Justin actually singing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> It was mostly just him doing a lot of callbacks, and but the video was hot. Which Justin will do sometimes. <clears throat> the video was hot for four minutes. Yes, the video was good. Um, let's. Oh, here's some popular ones. So, like uh, Timberland's album "Shock Value." Yes. Uh, give it to me. I really liked "Give It to Me." I do. Too. I really liked "Give It to Me," mostly because I like hearing Justin talk shit. Justin talking shit was great. And Nelly Furtado was really good on that song. Uh, I love the beat. Yes. The beat, the beat of that. That really shit was bad. sick. Super sick. Uh, what else oh, do we got Also on that album was Bounce. Remember Bounce? Bounce was a good one. Bounce was hot. Bounce, Bounce was, hot. was a good one. There was one, though, from that album um, that I have to look up and we'll come back around to it uh, that I actually did not like. It's the other one that he does with Justin yes, and Nelly. I feel like I. Know I don't like. About. I don't like that song. Um, but yeah, bounces Justin in his was top on a lot songs. of those songs. On a lot of the yeah, Justin was on a lot mm-hmm. of that album. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Signs was funny because I think that was the first time we ever heard Justin say um, the f word. Yes. That's Snoop Dogg song. I'm not sure what I see. <laughs> I still listen to that song. I do too, because that was a great song. Period. That was a good song. I really like that, that was song. Um, um, him and Charlie Wilson. Yeah, and Charlie Wilson, Uncle Charlie. Charlie <laughs> Wilson. Actually, I got to meet him. He's very, very oh funny God. guy. Um, let me see. I what was really that? that what was that fucking song from the called from Timberland's album? 
Remember the good old days when it was uh, Timberland and Magoo? Oh my god, yeah. Wow, what a throwback. <laughs> Timberland and Magoo. Uh, whatever, I can't find the song right now. It's not that big of a deal. It was on... Uh, it's on my my um, it's in my collection somewhere are you talking about release? maybe I don't know Doesn't release matter. wasn't great well the thing is is that ultimately um, I think that only half of shock value was any good but yeah that was an example of Timberland not having any self editing <laughs> oh that song Justin did with 50 Cent yeah, and then um, I actually forgot to mention first, which was Holy Grail. Ah, uh, mm. I have conflicting feelings. I about do Jay-Z, too. So, well, not about Jay Z. I have conflicting feelings about but that song. Conflicting feelings about Holy Grail. Um, I think we all know how we feel about Dick in a Box. Um, Dick in a Box is a banger. Love, sex, magic with Ciara. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm an A on that one. Um, you know, I always end up fighting with a lot of mostly black women um, about being nay in general about, about Sierra. Sierra. Yeah, same. So, I'm pretty nay on Sierra. I have um, a really funny story about her at the Apple Store that I'll tell you about <laughs> after this. Um, what God? What else did you? Okay. Uh, lots of people uh, don't know that Justin produced Rehab for Rihanna. Yeah, that's right. And he is also, for record label reasons, uncredited on that song, too. Mm -hmm. Because where the man's voice comes in at the end, that is Justin's voice. Justin. And obviously, you know, he's in the video. That's one of his best videos, and it's not even his video. Yeah. It was a hot fucking video. He looked really sexy in that video. He looks like 100% like that's the kind of chick he should have ended up with. But that's. Um, we're not going to get. We can't get That's personal that stuff. And we're not going to get into the personal about his personal life. It's fun. You it's still fun. can't convince me that Rihanna and Justin didn't bang. I mean, it would be crazy that they didn't, but I'm. I, I probably am very. I, I put it at great chances that they didn't. No, I don't think Justin would know what the fuck to do with that. Justin, Colin Farrell didn't know what to do with Rihanna. We know how crazy that nigga is. Colin Farrell's like, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) We know how crazy he is. I'm good. Um, But Rihanna looked really sexy in that video. Justin looked really sexy. It's hard not to look sexy standing next to Rihanna, though. So he's got a very long storied history of making some really amazing music videos yes um shit and sync made very good music videos so let's let's throw music videos and performances together because we did watch concerts of his yes and the video so him as a performer i think it's no doubt that we share the same sentiment which is he is an amazing performer and it's absolutely no surprise that he is as great as popular as he is as as storied as he is on his way to legendary status because you know shit the man can can dance and i really also appreciate the fact that when it comes to his live performances he always has had a live band yes always and an actual real live band 
that is 100% just as much a part of the show as he and his dancers are. Mm-hmm. It's not a band that's just like back in the corner playing the music. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a part of the show. The stage setup includes and revolves around them as well. And he's extremely, he's been extremely good to his band. Yeah. Well, and even... I think that a lot of that stems from the fact that one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is that Justin is an actual musician himself. Yeah. Justin plays instruments. People don't know that about Justin. Justin, he played the guitar on a lot of his own songs. I know, but like people don't think of Justin Timberlake as like this person so, who can play instruments. Where Mariah Carey doesn't get enough credit as being an amazing songwriter. Yeah, Justin does not get enough credit for being an actual, an actual amazing musician. musician. Mm-hmm. He's very well trained. He's actually completely musically trained. Yes. Which is amazing. He can read and music, his, write music, uh, the play woman it. Who taught him how to sing was a very famous uh, vocal teacher. What so, do you think uh-huh. is his greatest music video? His greatest music video? God, he's had so many. He's had so many. I think I might shock you with what mine is. Let me look. Justin Timberlake music. Nothing for Man of the Woods. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> well and I also think it was weird because like his mirrors video he had like this strange blonde hair thing going on the perm and he looked I like, can't get into it he looked like he was like trying to pull off his best Chris Pine I like a JT I just don't I, I let the perm go okay stop with the perm oh my god remember I'm loving it we didn't talk about loving it. <laughs> no, we're not gonna I'm count. We're not. It. We're not gonna count that because that one hundred percent was a no. commercial. No, no, no. We song tie. We're not gonna count. I'm loving it. That sure. wasn't for a film, so we're not. We're not gonna count that. But okay. Um, what ones have I seen? It's weird. They don't have um. They don't have them all, but I yeah. do remember most of them. Yeah. Um. I. You know what? I think it might be my love. I like that one a lot. I do. But it's not a favorite. Um, my favorite is still What Goes Around. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That was a stunning video. I did really like that video. I honestly really would video. have probably really liked Cry Me a River. Because that one had a whole narrative going in it. Yeah, without the Britney without the Britney look alike. Because yeah, like again, that was just cheap. I also, I also like do like Rock Your Body. Yeah, I like Rock Your Body. I like the Rock Your Body video. I did like the Rock. Yeah, I like but I'm still Rocky always very partial to videos that have stories and you know narratives going on. I so. didn't mind. I think she knows either. That, yeah, that was good, too. Or uh, Love Stoned, I should say. Oh, yeah. Wait, was that a... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all the same song to me. Um, I didn't like... I didn't like Can't Stop the Feeling, either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it felt very, like, happy by Pharrell. So, I don't know. <laughs> can't stop the feeling. <laughs> um, I'm loving it. I can't stop the feeling. I'm a man of whoops. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, dude, I think yeah, my love. The fuck the down, was like him and Timbaland, and then like it goes into like we clear to a white room, and then just Justin dancing. 
Yeah, I think I like. I think, I think Justin's best here. dance routine is my love. Yes, it's very. It's a very iconic. Yeah, that one that's very him. That's very very him. Um, yeah, that's that stands out as far as dancing is concerned. Yeah, dance wise, my love is like iconic. JT um, choreography. I also know the whole choreography to Rock Your Body. <laughs> I don't but i could um it is kind of it is kind of fun oh hi i was i i'm over here like almost saying names but it is kind of fun to uh you know watch your person who is a really good dancer just kind of dance around like just be like hey you over there do the rock your body choreography <laughs> <laughs> Do you know any in sync choreography? I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking about Justin as a solo artist, but obviously, we all know his absolute best videos are those that were in sync videos. I mean, bye bye bye, just bye bye bye, just fucking kills it. Uh, Girlfriend was a good one. It's gonna be me. Uh. I liked it. I feel different. I liked watching the making the video of It's Gonna Be Me, but I was never really crazy about that video only because I didn't really like them dressed as dolls. This is childhood me speaking, and I didn't really (laughs) like them dressed as dolls because they weren't hot enough. But when they were just their regular selves. Video <laughs> when they're just I'm, sorry, the, I'm like so like, when they're just their regular selves in the um it's gonna be me video I do like that. yes the Merry Christmas Happy Holidays video oh my God can I still can I say so I don't like Christmas music um I've had that um discussion before yes. last year and I don't like Christmas music and so that is the one in sync album that I do not own I don't have it but Merry Christmas Happy Holidays like. Yeah, I'll never listen to that. <laughs> I'll never listen to that goddamn song. Oh my god, I can't believe these in sync videos. They, I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, sync videos. <laughs> I'm the absolute last thing is is gonna be kind of a game. A game. A bit here uh, about Justin. I know we've been talking for a long time. We're going to edit all this down. The game is uh, kind of like to play when I do have guests on. I like to play uh, kind of like a this or that mm-hmm. type of thing with his discography where I pit some of his songs against some of his other songs. Oh, God. Because I like to start fights and problems. Oh, God. Okay. So taking some of the things that you said today. Okay. So the idea that you got to keep in mind is that one song remains and one song never existed. Ooh. And that's why I asked you what is your favorite and what do you think is the best? Okay. So we're going to start from the beginning. We're going to go back over here to uh, the uh, Justified album. Okay. And you said that you liked... You said Rock Your Body was his best song, oh, and your no, favorite song is Let's Take a Ride. Uh-huh. One remains and one never existed. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. 
kind of get rid of let's take a ride. I I fucking respect that because I would throw <laughs> let's I would throw most of this album out the window to make sure that we keep. Rock we your body. Rock your body. That's like a Justin body. Timberlake song. We have to keep. You can't. No, there's no you like. You can't no, get rid shit. of rock your body. He can like you know sing that like acapella at a show or some shit and be like, oh, that's a cute song. Oh, that's a cute song. I know that. Never heard that one. Okay, so on future sex love sounds, you said that the best song was. Future Sex Love Sound. Uh-huh. But that your favorite song was um, My Love. Love. No, I said Summer Love. Summer Love. Summer Love. Is your favorite. Summer Love set the mood. So, I'm sorry. I thought you said My no, Love. Summer Love okay. set the mood. Set the mood. One, one has to go. And one never existed. Future Sex Love Sound can go. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need set the mood prelude to exist. That's a tough one for me. I need it to exist. Uh, that's a tough one for me. I set the mood prelude was like the first time, like I was like almost a grown woman that I like was like, ooh, Jasmine. I think I'm gonna. I have to do the opposite. I think I'd keep future sex and get rid of, get rid of the prelude as long as until the end of time still exists. I can get rid of set the mood. Okay, keep, so would you get rid of future sex or until the end of time? Future sex. Future okay. sex got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I need a wedding song. Yeah, you gotta. You have to go because I need. I need until the end of time. I need that song. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Actually, I changed my answer. You change your answer. Yeah, I get rid of summer love. We got to keep future sex love sounds. Okay. All right. So I'm throwing future sex love sounds out the door to keep. I'm until throwing the end summer of time. love under the bus. <laughs> I I don't think summer love is better than my love, but my we, might, we might feel wait, differently. Wait, did I say that. my love? I, well, you said my love for the video for I sure. I said my love was the best song. Yeah. Also, too, can we just talk about just real quick that I hate how Apple Music cut up the album incorrectly? Yeah, it's very confusing because... Because set the mood. No, actually, that's the way that the album was done originally on the CD. Okay, see, I never had... Wait, did I... My mom had the CD. I had the CD, so it wasn't originally cut up so that set the mood prelude was before until the end of time. Until the end of time was its own standalone song. Right, so... Until the end of uh, the prelude came at the end of summer. At love, the right? end of summer love. So on yes. Apple Music, it's actually at the beginning of until the end of time. Mine is still at the end. Mine is different. Oh my god, are we? Oh shit, because I hate that. I want your version if that's what you have. But I also think I might have synced mine. Is yours from the CD? Yeah, see summer love. Yeah, so and see. There are two different tracks here. Oh, what the hell? And Apple Music is really tough. Huh. I hate that, so I guess my hate is shared by me alone because that's what's happening to me. No, so yeah. I, I gotta go then, find... I gotta really sit down and find the um, album You know what? We need to get stuff. into what goes around comes around. Because the end of what goes around comes around is fucking fire, is right? fucking fire. That should have been its own goddamn song. <laughs> hey... Hey, I was yeah. like, shit, what goes I listen around. to what goes around comes around just, to hear just the for end. the setup yeah. of the end. Just of that to song. hear the end. 
That's yeah, shit. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that's 100 for sure. Yes. All right. Uh, 2020 experience. You said your favorite was Blue Ocean Floor slash Strawberry Bubblegum. Do you want to count them as one, or do you want to pick one over the other? What did I say was the best song? You said the best song was Push Your Luck. Oh, Oh, Push Your Luck. Yeah, we keep in blue ocean floor. Okay, so now blue we're gonna go floor. through blue ocean floor or strawberry bubblegum. No, still blue ocean floor. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you you set it up and answered it yourself. Yeah, Boom. still blue ocean floor. Uh, do we need to go into the Montana, 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 and Montana? Throw the rest of the <laughs> throw the whole, <laughs> throw the rest of this shit away. Throw Obviously, away. I have no um. Opinion because I feel the whole album never existed. I'm just gonna that's that's my album. That that's my answer that's is that fine. the whole thing didn't exist. Yeah, fuck that All right, well that was the deep dive into Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Um with the biggest Justin Timberlake fan I've ever known. Cassandra Timberlake. Cassandra <laughs> Cassandra Timberlake. God, don't ever change your last name to Timberlake. I would. If not. you married him, you you can't become I Timberlake. Like That's a dumb name. Sure. No I offense, like Justin. It it works with you because like you are just Justin Timberlake. Like you're like, JT, bro. But like, I mean, Jessica could have changed her last name because. She, but she didn't either because she knows that that's not <laughs> Jessica Timberlake. No. <laughs> if she wanted to ever sound more basic than she already does. Um, ooh, who said that? Excuse me. What? Where'd that come from? Uh, vaccinate your kids. But uh, I thank you all for joining us um, on this episode of Sour Apple Acid. Um, and I'd like to thank Miss Cash Rush for stopping by. Thanks for having me. And talking all the shit in the world about Justin Timberlake. But like from a place of love. From a place we of do love. So much love. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank Bye. you.